0: Everyone got one, what's your opinion, this is the ramble. Room, won't be bitten, ain't no rules, just spill it, and anybody can get it, no limit, we get to kill it, You tuning it into the thrillers, and no, ain't no stopping, no. any topic, even the to random I hope that you
1: ready, we entering in the zone soon, we only grown shit, welcome to the Ram no, that's it, that's all I got to
0: say. Yo. What's up, y'all? That's all I got to say, too. <laughs> it's your boy Hilliard Guess, and welcome to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it what? One hundred.
1: So y'all, y'all don't see it, but hear it over here. He cover up his eyes so he's not directing me to say one hundred on cue. I got this. I don't think he got it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hi, so. On the Rant Room, we discuss entertainment, TV, f- film, music, culture, but our focus is usually screenwriting, stories, uh, 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 you know, shit like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Tina, craft. So the craft. The craft. Of stories. That's what's up. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, you guys hear her. That's my girl. Lisa BolaKaja, aka the Street Nerdist. That's right. I'm having a t-shirt made for you. Are you really? I do. I'm having my guy look at it, trying to design oh, some cool that's shit. So sweet. Um, a t-shirt. You know, I love. I figured a you know that'll last longer than amazing. a than a sprinkles donut. No sprinkles shit. are forever. <laughs> I was but so I was so it? I was
1: so mad last weekend. <laughs> I went to sprinkles, and uh, cause I'm a regular. <laughs> And oh, I they went know your name. And huh? you know, it's funny because I mm. went in and I got my favorite, which is the red velvet. Mm. And the girl said, hey, you know, if you keep this receipt and come back tomorrow, they're giving away a free cupcake. Uh, and tell. I was like, bitch, I'm going to stab <laughs> you right now. Don't you <laughs> ever, ever <laughs> tell me about no free cupcakes. Free? Because you know I'm going to come back. <laughs> and I went back.
0: <laughs> I go, look, look. How far is Sprinkles from the house? David?
1: I am, well, I live in San Diego, and thank God, like, I think two years ago, we mm. just opened up a Sprinkles in La Jolla, off mm-hmm. of La Jolla Village Drive. Is so that far? No. It's like 20 minutes or something? It's, you know what? It's San Diego. It's not like LA. It's okay. only like 20 minutes. Right. It's 15 when I'm just really just, you know, doing my thing. Because mm. I love going over there and I go to the beach in La Jolla Shores and do a little boogie boarding and stuff like that. But
0: mm. that's one of my favorites. Because you looking awful tan today. Well, you See know, you I, was, I was
1: out the other day ooh, at the ooh, Bay. Ooh. I was so excited. I was just like, you know, hey, I'm out here. I live. And a gorgeous city that a lot of times I don't... You know, I don't appreciate my city sometimes. <laughs> I don't appreciate the fact that I do pay a sun tax and there are people who spend... A what? A sun tax. You a sun tax. You, know, you live in California and you don't know what a sun tax no, is. we call it sun tax in the that we, call so it so. Sand, we call it a sun tax, which is basically... Uh, California compared to a lot of other places, I mean, not not as expensive as New York, but mm. California, you know, it's a pretty expensive place to live. True. And... um. One of the reasons why people stay here is because we have the gorgeous oceans. We have okay. sun. Uh-huh. I mean, this, people, this is why Hollywood is here. It's because <laughs> of the weather. Okay, just just be straight. That's why it left New York. It left.
0: <laughs> yes, it just, it just up and walked away, didn't it, it? <laughs> it?
1: Up and said, "We are going to Hollywoodland." Until the word <laughs> "land" fell off the sign mm-hmm. <laughs> in Hollywood. But yeah, we pay a sun tax, which is expensive. hell expensive to live here, but we get beautiful weather. We have gorgeous, you can do everything here in California. You can go skiing in one day, roll down the mountain, and go to the beach in the very same day. I've done that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've
1: done that. I have done that. I have worked in the mountains (laughs) where it's in snow. I'm in my Sorrels and my snow gear. I get down to the bottom of the mountain. I get on the tent. I head out to LA and I put on my Birkenstocks. I'm at the beach in the same freaking day. So, California is a blessed place, but I'm very blessed to be able to have a Sprinkles.
0: And, okay. uh, let so, me ask you a question. Yes. So like, we just rambling, y'all. What happened to uh, Krispy Kreme? I don't never hear people talking about Krispy Kreme do What's up with the Krispy Kreme? Uh Where Krispy, Krisp
1: because people have uh, gone to rehab. <laughs> because Krispy it Kreme just made everybody open, Krispy Kreme it? was <laughs> crack. You know what it was? It was a CIA experiment. To control people's minds, <laughs> let me tell you why. Because every Krispy Kreme, especially one on Crenshaw, I used to go to every other day when <laughs> I've been going to work. They would have the hot and ready now It'd sign. Be a line down the street. It'd be isn't it? like people. They would <laughs> like literally. It was like Pavlovs dogs. Like literally, it would be like the hot sign would come on, like fresh mm-hmm. hot donuts now, and hot people too. would be li- And you know, when I lived on Crenshaw, you know, people with their lowriders <laughs> and. You, you know, it'd be it, the one time of the day it, it when gang members li- get along, don't they? Up. <laughs> let, me, let me get that dozen. Let me get that hot dozen. <laughs> I'm like, Pookie, you were That's just here.
0: Hilarious. You were
1: just here.
0: That's funny. <laughs> get out the way.
1: Yes, Krispy Kreme, I think they just got too big. And um, I think people just, uh, diabetes is a bitch.
0: Because <laughs> look, <laughs> the shit That not was good. about 10, <laughs> maybe 12 years ago. My partner Scott and I, we were talking about. Like things we can invest in. I was like, maybe we need a Krispy Kreme here in Hollywood. It would be a gold mine. A gold mine. And we were literally thinking about it at one point. Like how much would it cost to franchise a motherfucking Krispy Kreme? You know? I'm like, damn, we probably should have did it. It probably would have made three, four dollars. What you should have
1: done was made it in a Krispy Kreme writing room where you can get your Mm. donuts and you can sit almost like a Starbucks and Mm. get your ride on and get free coffee. Why I got to get you a
0: free phone? <laughs> to, to get people to come to Tell your establishment. people starving. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho. hello, writers alright you All right, y'all. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome to the rant room. You see, sometimes we just be going off on rants you know, about the beach, uh, about yes. donuts, you know, hey, all kind of shit. L.A., la-la. So, um, again, I'm your boy, Hilliard Guest, And uh, if you're grown, let's get it on in today. Buckle up, people. So, today, mm-hmm. we're going to give you guys one of them shows where Lisa and I have been talking about some of this stuff for a minute. So I'm going to let Lisa, Lisa going to really get in on this one. So y'all might need to buckle up, (laughs) gather around the fireplace on this one. I'm telling y'all right now. This
1: is something that, um, you know, I'm always observant of trends and um, certain things when it comes to film and screenwriting, and especially in Hollywood and big budget films and things like that. And what I want to talk about today is something I think that, you know, professional writers are baby writers, people who are coming into game need to really be aware of. Mm-hmm. And what I'm talking about is the idea of when you're writing, quote unquote, female characters. Now, in Hollywood, there's like this. What do really, you know about being a female? What are you, talking you know, about? hey, you know, one of the things that <laughs> always, always get me is whenever you have films that have predominantly female leads, you know, it would often be derided as a chick flick. Yes. And, you know, at one point when the word chick flick first came out, it was actually kind of cute at first. Like,
0: oh, was it, yeah. like it was like, yeah. that and woman? then
1: it actually became something that almost took on a negative connotation. Mm. Because when people were pitching projects, mm-hmm. the first thing I would hear people saying, well, are you guys in it? You know, we just don't want a chick flick mm. as if, you know, female uh, <laughs> lead, you know, projects that have women in the
0: leads. um, as if they don't make money. Well, you just said something, though. You said something about the chick flick. Didn't you say, you said on one of the previous episodes, you were talking about the stats of how many women mm-hmm. actually go to movies. So, isn't that play against what you It does. Say? Uh, Because right now, I mean, the numbers have probably changed now. But typically
1: right now, I think the, the numbers anywhere 50 to 51% of moviegoers are, are women, girls, what have you. So, and there are more. There are more. Huh, okay, interesting. and this goes in, in in line too with the gaming industry too, because mm-hmm. there was some controversy a couple of weeks ago where uh, I'll say his name because I think oh, I, I, need, I, need, I need, his name. Uh, what the name uh, is. From Ubisoft, the people who make Assassin's Creed and all those wonderful games, there was an Alex Amancio who was the creative director. Mm-hmm. Of that we're company, watching you, Alex. We got so your videotape. Who basically said, like people were talking about, they have a new Assassin's Creed. It's called Assassin's Creed Unity, and it's coming mm-hmm. out in October. And basically, he said that uh, it's too difficult to make female, uh, you know, lead game video game characters. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: What do you mean difficult okay, here way?
1: and there was a hashtag that came out that says women are too hard to animate. Let me let me read a quote, really, because this is what started me getting my hackles up. Basically, Alex Amancio, creative director of Ubisoft, said, <laughs> and I quote. It's double the animations, it's double the voices, all that stuff, and double the visual assets, especially because we have customizable assassins. It was really a lot of production work. Mind you, he's saying making female characters. Mm. Uh, Because of that, the common denominator was Arno, and Arno was the, the white male protagonist, and if you play Assassin's Creed, you know who Arno is. It's not like we could cut our main character, so the only logical option we had was to cut the female avatar. So basically, you were going to be given a choice of certain avatar. Because, you know, when you're playing games, role-playing games, you can choose pretty much the character you, you want to you mm. be. And um, one of the things they were thinking about was putting some female avatars in where you can actually play Assassin's Creed, you know, uh, as a female. And basically they said, oh, it's too hard to make women, so we're just not going to make uh, a woman avatar. Let me ask you this. Which is bullshit, because in 2012, they had Assassin's Creed um, 3, which was Liberation. Not only did they have the, the, one of the lead characters in there,
0: it was a woman,
1: but she was black.
0: That's, let okay. me ask you this. Let me just really quick. I'm somebody who doesn't play video games. Okay. Okay, I'm a grown-ass man. Mm-hmm. Now. What are you talking about? <laughs> I ain't no kid, damn it. Hey. I ain't cro- no kid. <laughs> no, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, my gamers, <clears throat>
1: dude, I, I know how you're feeling right now. Your I'm hackles old, is up. Okay.
0: You know what? I Don't like listen. to play Don't Pac-Man, to centipede, centipede millipede, Jesus, he's um, Galaga. Galaga. Okay, Don't real game. Don't listen games. to him. Don't listen real to games. him. He's All right, Trip. I'm <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Okay, okay. And
1: 45 percent of gamers are women too. On top All right, of that, that's what's up. Okay. Let me just
0: ask you this: You said something in there about um, and I'm not sure what it's called, but so they have avatars, mm-hmm. right? So does that mean like there's uh, what does that mean when you say there's? An avatar? Okay,
1: you can create like it's it's just like. You're you're playing a role playing game, and before you get started, you get to decide what your character, what you're going to look like as that character, oh, right. and so you can like choose. And, and some games have it where you can actually, you know, you can add the clothing, facial color, hair color, style, all that stuff. You know, mm. if you've ever played those old school karate games where you can just, you know, uh, what
0: was the one? They made a movie out of it.
1: Oh God, I can't remember.
0: It's... Oh, where you you choose like, oh, I want that dude because he could do this power. Yeah, or, that you know, kind cause... of
1: thing. And so they have the same thing with Assassin's Creed with these assassins, and you can kind of choose you know who, who you want to be. But really, what it comes down to is there's no respect for female characters, whether it's in film or whether it's in games, even though women make a huge you know, they put a lot of money, they spend a lot of money mm-hmm. to participate just as much as men do. And one of the things I want to bring up is something that came out in 1995. And it, it started off as, it was in a comic book, and it actually started off as kind of, it's kind of like a, um, not a hard and fast rule, but it's kind of a funny mental test. Mm-hmm. And what I'm talking about is the Bechtel test. And if, if you don't know what the Bechtel test is, basically in 1985. That sounds
0: too close to rectal.
1: <laughs> well, you can use that to help pronounce the name. <laughs> <laughs> so Alison Bechtel, in 1995, she had a comic book called Dykes to Watch Out For. All mm-hmm. right. And she had a character in this comic book, in these comic panels, and was basically, there were two women talking about going to see a movie. Yeah. And so one of the characters explained um, her little test that she had to decide whether or not she was going to see a movie. Hmm. And this little test... Um, later on became known as the Bechtel test. And I know that Alison Bechtel for a a short time um, kind of shied away from it. Like, you know, it was just something in my comic book. But I think now she's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people use this as a way, as a tool to kind of like gauge whether or not a film um, has female characters that that are respected and given enough agency as much as male characters are Mm -hmm. so here are the rules for the pretty much for the test remember this is not a hard and fast rule but it's something to consider especially if you're a young writer or even if you're a professional writer and you've been writing the same thing times have changed and you need to get with the program so here's the test basically the rule is this the movie has to have at least more than one female character Mm
0: -hmm.
1: okay who talk to each other so you can't just have a bunch of women in the movie and they don't even interact or talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And not only do they talk to each other, but it has to be about something other than a man. Very basic, hmm. okay? And what's funny in in the the comic strip, what was funny is the two characters are actually uh, talking about the movie uh, Alien. <laughs> so they were like, oh, we can watch Alien because it has it has two women in mm-hmm. it, and they do talk to each other, and they talk about the monster, mm. which counts, okay? Yeah. So that was kind of like a funny joke about it. But this became something that, People started really thinking about like, well, heck, yeah, every time you see movies that have women in them, the women are always, I don't want to say subservient, but they're mm-hmm. always, they have less agency than the male characters. And oftentimes <laughs> they're used as the prize or the big win or the big thing that they get. They're almost, almost—they're most well, certainly they're objectified. But what really made this come into mind and really made me start thinking about it because of all the movies I've been watching for the last couple of weeks Mm -hmm. was that um, a science fiction and fantasy writer who I follow on Twitter and whose work I really do like, um, Maria Davana Headley, she said this quote, and I want to make sure you guys hear this quote because it's really sticking in my mind in terms of when I'm writing characters because even as a woman... Writing characters and other women who are screenwriters who are writing, we often fall into the same yeah. stereotypes too, because yeah. we've all been and they become a, they, yeah. they become
0: subconscious, right? Like it's like aware our conditioning
1: know. has been conditioned yes. too. So Maria had wrote this and said, "Every time I see a story with no impactful female characters, and I love that word, impactful. All right, mm-hmm. every time I see a story with no impactful female characters, I wonder if the writer notices that indeed they are changing the world." Badly. Mm -hmm. I suspect many story creators do not, in fact, realize this because they think of the world in terms of men changing it. Hmm. Okay? So, in thinking about this, I started thinking about. You know, all the films I've been watching recently that are getting a lot of play and are being really successful. And I know you and I have talked about this before in terms of diversity really does sell sure. and, and and the slayage in, in women centered films or women led films are just I mean frozen. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? The most the number one animated yeah. film in history right now. Yeah in the world on the planet, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And and
0: there are other movies too. I know Maleficent, we've talked about this before. I mean, well, I was going I was just going to ask you keep keep your thought. Uh-huh. But just in in regard to as soon as you said about impactful female characters, the first thing that came to my mind and forgive me viewers or listeners for not seeing it yet, but you were talking about Maleficent. Maleficent. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know like thinking about impactful I can't say the damn word, impactful females, (laughs) how does Angelina Jolie's character- Oh, she's the bomb. In fact,
1: Maleficent subverts everything. It's almost like, like, I don't want to say it's directly a 180, but it's almost like they took her character and the backstory of her character and they- Subverted it such that it really is like literally the men have become the side pieces. Oh, really? to, they, the men have actually taken on the roles that traditionally would have been gone to the women would have gone to the women. Mm-hmm. For example, um, if you haven't seen it, shame on you. You should have seen it. Look, go ahead, spoiler <laughs> alert. Get it. Look. You know, but I, I think of it in this way. And number one, it definitely does. If we were to use, um, like I said, just, you no, know, not a hard and fast rule, but just something to consider. Mm-hmm. Number one, it has plenty of female characters in it. Okay? Okay. They talk to each other. <laughs> not about men. <laughs> not about men, right? Right? And it's I mean, even though in certain terms Maleficent does talk about a man who's done something, mm-hmm. you know, it's part of the plot. It's not the the whole entire story because okay. really the story is really about her dealing with something horrible that has happened to her. Her seeking revenge for this and cursing this child and realizing through the course of the story that that man ain't shit. Mm-hmm. It really is about your relationships with your family and your friends or the people who are important to you in your life. And if you haven't seen the movie, spoiler alert, <laughs> if you know the <laughs> traditional story of Sleeping Beauty, the whole story was that, you know, she puts the curse on the... Because she supposedly in the olden days, the story was she wasn't invited to the christening. And because she was disrespected, she came mm-hmm. to the christening and cursed the baby and said on her 16th birthday, she would uh-huh. touch a little, you know, what is it? The, thim, the She would prick her finger on a spinning wheel and um, she would go to sleep for 100 years, and only her true love, a prince, would come and kiss her mm-hmm. and save her, yada, yada, yada. And of course, in the original story, eventually a prince does come. Um, I think in the original story, I remember that when she pricked her finger, everybody in the kingdom went to sleep, including herself. Oh, yeah. And then the prince came in, um, and kissed her and woke her up and live happily ever after because she needs a man to come kiss her and make her life complete. <laughs> of course,
0: she stays beautiful and, and she stays beautiful, and pretty, and pretty and in pretty. this hundred-year state. <laughs>
1: and once again, spoilers, spoiler, well. alert, <laughs> spoiler, alert, spoiler <laughs> alert. In in Maleficent, mm-hmm. um, it changes because the prince, a prince, does appear mm-hmm. and he does kiss, kiss the princess and it does not work, which yeah. is fan. Fucking-tastic.
0: Now, where's that in the script? Where's that? That's at the end. Oh, it's at the end? At the very...
1: You haven't seen the movie yet? I
0: thought I have not seen it. I should stab you right now. It's cool.
1: But you should still see it anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. She she, used (laughs) to... I got the bootleg version (laughs) You, You need to see this. Because everyone... Don't be mad, people. Everybody knows the story. So I'm not like I'm really giving Mm -hmm. a spoil. I'm just giving the spoil alert in terms of the, the... Angelina Jolie's slayage in this film. Mm -hmm. She is just just exquisite. Like, I could just look at her all day as
0: Maleficent.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm going to be looking so happily for October to come where little girls and little
0: boys are going to dress up like Maleficent. And yes, (laughs) I said little boys too. Well, you know, you said something about um, that in this one now the men were like subservient to the women. Mm -hmm. It made me think about... um, Sometimes when you're writing a script and you get into development with producers and depending on the level of the actor who's going to play the role, um, you have to adjust the script to that person. So, for instance, you said that in Maleficent that Angelina Jolie, of course, clearly is a lead. Mm -hmm. Now, and, and when you said that the men are now subservient to her and I'm like, oh, well, she's Angelina Jolie. So the script was totally probably reworked for her to completely shine, oh, sh- which sh- was a smart move. Oh, I'm sure. But, you know, as opposed to <laughs> Snow White or whatever it is. She was, yeah. You know, um, it just made me think about that um, because what I wanted to get into was, was now that we know, what would you call it with this test? The what What's it called? The Bechtel. The Bechtel test. Now that we know what the Bechtel test is, it has these elements mm-hmm. in it. How can we help the writers add those elements? In them?
1: Well, one of the things you need to look at is you really need to look at a lot of the films that are successful and doing well in terms of female-led uh, uh, films. So we talked about, let's see, what's a good one. Gravity would mm-hmm. fail, actually, mm-hmm. the Bechtel test. It because did. It, it, I mean, if you were to look at if we were just going to go purely on the Bechtel test, okay. it fails, even though I mean, let's, it's a female let's re- let's remind Let's remind them again. So once again, it has more than one female character Okay, who talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Ah. About something other than More a man. Than okay, but here's the words. thing: I would say, uh, even though Gravity fails that test, mm-hmm. it's still a phenomenal movie in terms of the female lead. And number one, she, there's nobody else in outer space with her. True. Technically, that. okay. Mm-hmm. And so the only other person she has to talk to is George Clooney, because mm-hmm. you, you know, because he's George Clooney, and you know, people going to go see George Clooney, and about something other than a man. <laughs> well, she's got to talk to you. Well, she, you know, it, it on that level, it would fail. But on the other hand, it's totally a phenomenal film mm-hmm. because clearly, if this had been the olden days, George Clooney would have been the lead. Yes. And he would have been the star. No doubt. And there is no yes. doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But because you switch it, not only do you give a more nuanced telling to a story, which, like, I- I'm going to be honest with you. If Gravity had just been George Clooney, mm-hmm. I probably would have waited until DVD. I mean, I love George Clooney. Okay, I'm upset right now that he's marrying some other woman, and he did not wait for me.
0: <laughs> so, so it was all West Hollywood. Don't worry about me. It's just, you know,
1: but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. okay. I forgive him. I forgive you.
1: <laughs> but you know, but because it was Sandra Bullock, and and not only that, because it was sci, it's sci-fi, it's space, it's all the things I love. I knew that there was probably going to be something different that they're going to give us. There's some parts of gravity where it becomes basic female stuff, which is, oh, of course she has a child who has died and mm-hmm. she's sad and, you know, she has no agency beyond herself and just being out in space should be just you know, that kind of stuff. But I think when you're a writer and and you're trying to use just like I said, you're just using the Bechtel test as mm-hmm. a litmus test in terms of writing, you really need to Consider writing more complex roles for women. Let me tell you about some of the things that we are tired of seeing, and I think this is the mistake that a lot That's of writers do, way. which is this. Yeah. We pigeonhole female characters all the time. Like, I mean, writers can do simple things, like, you know those male characters you write, you got tons of them? Mm-hmm. There's nothing that says you can't just flip them to being female, unless there's something specific that is maleness or femaleness. Sure. There's nothing wrong with you just saying, all right, well, I got a bunch of these guys. Make some of them female. Mm -hmm. It's something as simple as that, okay? That's just basic, okay? Okay. But some of the things I want you to look at in terms of getting away from is stop writing scripts. I mean, I'm not, people are going to write what they want to write. But I'm just letting you know right now that women are watching and we talk shit in the theater. (laughs) I'll give an example in a second. But this is how you pigeonhole, by making them what we call the hot action fuck toy. Mm. which is basically you have these really great action films but then you have the female Did we see
0: a movie recently that had that in there? I don't think you did.
1: I would just <laughs> say any Transformer movie. <laughs> if I can be blunt, you know, the first I mean I never watched any of those because I'll just say it, Shia LaBeouf. I am not a fan. Okay, I'm just not a fan. As, a, as an actor, or as just a, as a person, just as a human being on the planet. Okay,
0: he, <laughs> no, no, he, he, mean, he's a person, but he can act as a lot. He last can act. Actor, I but think but he's in a the person. beginning,
1: but I think what happened was he started. I think that Hollywood is. Uh, especially Spielberg and then when he started Mm -hmm. doing a lot of those movies, they tried to groom him to be the next, I almost want to say the next like young Harrison Ford type. And he's not that type of actor. I think he needs to really, he's a better character actor Mm -hmm. as opposed to being an action, hot, sexy star. So if Shia, if you're going to make your comeback, boo boo, let's start back how we used to be, which was character acting. Mm -hmm. I think what happened was he started getting into these roles where basically we just got, we were bored. And I think Hollywood thought, yeah, he's the next hot thing, Mm -hmm. but Females Cause, were cause, telling you
0: Because no. I thought the exact same thing is that I remember back when he like when he was on Project Greenlight and he was in one of the first movies that they did, mm-hmm. small movie. Yeah. Those movies are the ones to me. He's almost like a um like a river phoenix to me in yeah. and, and skills right. as far as an actor. Um um and those are the type of movies he should be more like Sundance, Tribeca type I, but movies. But I too. do
1: understand actors want to make that big money yeah. and they want to take those roles mm-hmm. and, and and do that. But I think what happens, like I said, in terms of craft, in terms of really good meaty roles, mm-hmm. um, that's that's not a good look. Okay. But anyway, pigeonholing. We talked about the hot action fuck toy. A good example, mm-hmm. like I said, Transformers, where I love. I mean, Megan Fox is gorgeous, mm-hmm. but basically that's what she was there for. Okay. You know who those characters are. I just saw the new trailer for Transformers, and they have Ma- Wa- Mark Wahlberg, mm-hmm. uh, my arch enemy. You <laughs> my mean mom. You my mean child didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just they have him, but then of course they have his daughter, and what does she look like? A hot fuck toy. Action, yeah. daddy, and she's running around. I'm like, okay, go there if you want to. <laughs> um, stop having them being just the romantic interest or mm-hmm. being the reward for the male hero at the end of the movie. Okay. Okay. Give some females some agency. Like uh, that's their goal. That's their like, you know, my hope, the whole intent and purpose of me being in this movie is to be the reward at the end. Yeah, you get to have me. Or stop using women, as we call it in, in, in comics and some of the gaming industry, and, and especially out of the fiction, mm-hmm. we call it the woman in the refrigerator syndrome, mm-hmm. which is basically women are only used to jumpstart the emotional core of male heroes. You see this all the fucking time sure. in movies where you see a man, and he has to save his family. His mm-hmm. wife is in jeopardy. Oh, mm-hmm. his wife is killed, and now he seeks revenge. Can't shit just happen, and you just stop using women's bodies, killing them, raping them, you know, it, you, you putting them in jeopardy to get
0: the male hero to act? You just brought up, um, what's the zombie? Stop Brad, that shit. Brad Pitt zombie movie. I World know. War Z. World War Z. Um, That's all the wife and child are there for. It made, because I love that actress who started in it. They wasted her. I was like, and I just heard recently something about, something exactly what you're talking about. Somebody was talking about, might have been a podcast I listened to. They were talking about using women in roles who were just there as like a filler. She was a complete, it had no, she was way too good of an actor. I'm going to say, I'm going to be bold and say
1: 90% of Mm -hmm. all
0: Hollywood films
1: that's the only reason why women are there.
0: Like we need to keep her alive. We need to keep her somewhere so that he has some drive, some, some goal, desire. some drive, some goals. Like no. same thing <laughs> that
1: happened. I mean, it's the same thing in the movie Godzilla. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Godzilla, but you really didn't need the girl or the child in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, you really didn't need that. Yeah. Couldn't he just been running around, hey, Godzilla, let me help you. No, they had to give him give him some emotional depth mm-hmm. by Woman in Jeopardy, the woman is just there. And she was his reward at the end for surviving, and you get to have your wife back. We're sick of that shit, stop it. <laughs> also, the middle-aged mother, where you have these wonderful actresses that were hot, sexy toys in their early days, mm. but now, yeah. most women, you're the hot sexy, hot, sexy thing, and then we don't see you again, until you're middle age and you become the mother, the mother-in-law, <laughs> you know, I'm so glad that Helen Mirren is really smashing that trope a lot because one, not only is she over being, mil- she's past middle age, mm-hmm. she's still sexy as hell. She, I'm, I'm telling you right now, she can still get it from some men oh, walking yeah. around in her bikini, being herself. She's just like I mean I've I've been a fan since day one like the first time I saw the cook oh god it was a movie the cook the thief his wife mm-hmm. her lover and um which I probably how oh, far you going, no, I, far are you going you know, back I, way back I know I told myself no no this is even before then I first saw her I hate to say it but I saw her series, I, was, right? I was I saw her in Caligula oh 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 wow and I was I was a baby. You actually sat through the movie. I sat through it, and that's when I know I'm a ride or die chick. Like, I knew I was a cinephile when I was like, I'm watching Caligula. And I'm like, oh, Romans were freaky, you know, and, you know, since fans. But the fact is, to see her go through this evolution of being sexy in films and being a wonderful actress and just being fierce hmm. to still maintaining that sexiness way past middle age and maybe it's because she's a british act- actress and they have a little bit more respect for older actresses yeah, in the definitely. uk i would say and the other trope too is they the- call them
0: sir and madam yes G- okay or the
1: other thing i really can't stand and we do this a lot in films Mm-mm. is the, the woman simply being the ugly unattractive junk joke uh or or punchline to a movie mm-hmm. you know and we do this a lot and um I mean, it's dehumanizing, and it's, it's just really just using women, using their bodies and objectifying them just to make fun and make men look good for whatever reason. So, um, I, mean, these are, I mean, these are important things and tropes that I think that we should be smashing. Um, one of the things I wanted to bring up in terms
0: of another silly trope that we bring up a lot. Hold up, I, before you get to that trope, uh-huh. let, let, me, let me talk about the gay trope. Oh, go thing. ahead. It's part of it. And then we'll get to the other truck. Okay. If you don't, go because ahead. it's similar. Yeah, go right
1: ahead. Bring
0: it uh, in. So for those of you who don't know, I mean I, I am a I'm a gay male. What? I uh, can't you believe I, it? God. That cool sexy oh my voice gosh. you wouldn't Jesus even know. But <laughs> trip. <clears throat> and um so the way you feel about these women, I feel about when I see gay characters. Um, which I'm almost embarrassed to say I hardly ever go to Outfest. Because every time I go, all these tropes (laughs) are the reverse Mm -hmm. for the gay males. Mm. You know what I mean? Every movie you come across, a movie where, you know, it's not even important that they're gay. For instance, um, the first movie that I did, um, that I directed and wrote, um, was about a rapper who came out with the fact that he was gay to his therapist. And we couldn't get in anything that was gay because he never fucking admitted that he was gay. He never said he was gay. You just knew what he was talking about was the fact that he was gay. Right. And because to me, that's more real. People don't say, I'm gay. People don't admit to the fact right. of what they are unless they really truly believe they are. Mm-hmm. And he still was in denial at the time, so I don't think he would say that. Right. Um, now, where I'm going with all this is that I have issue with writers writing specifically and this is for gay writers and stray writers and anything, people write gay characters to be the effeminate character, uh, the, the, the best friend who's hella funny and effeminate still. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all in the musical theater, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And now, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of dudes just like that, right? Now, a lot of dudes would say, well, there's plenty of women just like this, and blah, 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 blah. However, you are not progressing right, with where we're going.
1: And we're not seeing that wide range on film. You're not. Period. You're not. Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> and, I mean, I tell my friends all the time, uh, two, two of my friends right now are pretty big um, directors that have projects being shown, you know, out fest and all over the world. And their movies, unfortunately, break all the... Oh, the other uh, trope is they're always sexual beings. Mm-hmm. You know, specifically gay males. They're just always... Ass is showing, you know, tight bodies, you know what I mean, et cetera, et cetera. And that's a very small group. Now, I'm in that group because mm-hmm. I got it like that. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> that was for y'all. That was for y'all. Um, <laughs> don't be laughing at I'm me. Not a, I'm just, <laughs> I
1: am just observing. Okay.
0: I will take a picture of the abs and show it, okay? Mm. I'll put it on the internet, damn it. i put it on the internet. No, I'm kidding. Um, But trip, so... I have some friends who make these movies all the time, and they do well. Mm-hmm. You know, They get distribution, et cetera, but they're just in part of that little niche. Mm-hmm. You want to get out of the niche, there are things you need to do. You know, Like you're saying, mm-hmm. there are things that we need to do to elevate them, mm-hmm. to have characters who... Um, like, for instance, we just had the NBA Finals. <clears throat> I know of groups of gay dudes who get together to watch the NBA Finals, but I also know a whole bunch of gay dudes who are like... Uh you watch that chat right, right right now but I'm from the whole thing that if you want to change things you want to be equal to why not learn about it why not get into it why not you know I'm one of those dudes on Sundays or Saturdays and stuff I'm watching the boxing the MMA you know what I mean mm-hmm. I'm one of them dudes mm-hmm. and the fact that I'm a gay dude is just a very, very small part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Who you know, the fact that I've been with my partner for 13 years is a, is a. I mean, it's a big part of my life, but the lifestyle of itself is a small part. Mm-hmm. So I want to see cats. You know, when I'm writing scripts, like I'm um, I wrote this pilot right now for these producers, and my my I have two characters that are gay in it. One is a white person. Who you wouldn't even know was gay, mm-hmm. and the other one is a very, very strong black woman who is gay, but um, until she said she is, you had no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, I like playing with. I had no idea. I like the curiosity of people. Um, now that doesn't mean I'm, I'm, I'm not for. Having somebody who's sure about who they are and they're confident and totally open. Now, these people are still open about who they are. Mm-hmm. They're just not your stereotypical people who are open about who they are. Right. You know, if that makes any sense. Right, right. So, for me, this is to all those people who are writing gay characters. Same way she feels about women, the same way as a gay man that I feel about when mm-hmm. they write gay characters. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I want to see you write normal freaking people who have normal freaking lives mm-hmm. who happen to be a certain way. Right. You know what I mean. That's a part of them. It's not. It's not making them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Um. So I just had to give that little. You know. Maybe we need to come up with a. What you call it? The. Um. Why do I keep forgetting what you call it? What's it called? The Becto. The Becto. <laughs> damn it. We're gonna call it out the Recto for the dudes. The Recto. Uh-huh. Well, here's another. I mean, there's another
1: one that. Um, I mean, you talked about we talked about females, and you're talking about gay characters. There's one um, I was re- uh, reading recently in Clutch Magazine. Um, a writer, Tammy Winfrey Harris. Hello, Miss Harris. Uh, she was doing. Uh, she is. She, she. She's a writer for Clutch Magazine, mm-hmm. and just earlier, I think it was uh, May. I think she did an article in Clutch Magazine. We were talking, and she, you know, a lot of people were talking about the Beckwell Test because a lot of the movies that have been coming out recently have been like really strong money makers with lead female care. For example, um, Hunger Games, Divergent, mm-hmm. Fault in Our Stars is coming out. Belle has been magnificent. If you haven't seen the movie Belle, mm-hmm. oh my God, you need to see that. Oh God, it was fantastic. Uh, when that comes out on DVD, I'm buying like three copies to give to the people, <laughs> right? Um, really, really, really great movies. But she was... Um, Kind of doing a crowdsourcing thing where she was asking people, like, you know, we know what the Bechtel test is. Is there one for people of color? Yeah. And so she kind of, and, and this has been going around. I mean, I know she's not the only one that's talked about this, but because it was so recent and I'm just reading it. Um, it kind of follows the same rules as the Bechdel test. So okay. this is the one for like the people of color. And so this is people, who are, people who
0: are writing characters of color. People who are
1: writing characters of color, you know, and if you're intersectional, if you're writing female people of color or <laughs> male people of color, whatever, but it's kind of the same. The, mm-hmm. the, the line is basically you have to have two or more people of color All right. who talk to each other, mm-hmm. right? Who don't act in the service or capacity uh, to the lead, and oftentimes we know in Hollywood, the lead character is the white cisgendered male, right? In other words, don't have them being subservient or being the magical brown people. Hmm. A lot of movies... when they Explain do, a
0: little more. Go, what a, what deeper, a magical, deeper. What
1: a magical brown person yeah, yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of times when you see black people... Move, I'll give you an example who's a good example of this, who's always the lone wolf in mm-hmm. movies. And even though he's a fantastic actor, I think what has happened is he's... He's almost become a cliche hmm. because he's in everything. Mm-hmm. And we all know who I'm talking about. Guess who I'm talking about? Uh, Give you a hint. Used mm-hmm. to be on the Electric Company.
0: Ooh.
1: Was in the classic...
0: Damn, you went there
1: cla- <laughs> Look put it. Put this way. In the classic <clears throat> movie Street Smarts mm-hmm. with Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh i afraid to say his name?
0: <laughs> I go, I might be. Because he might want to do the show next week. No, hey, I up, love... What's up, no, Em? How you doing, dog? It, I'm talking Hi. about... Couple of people, Morgan Freeman, yeah.
1: right, and um, to some some extent, I think almost
0: Sam Jackson kind of does a little bit I mean. Oh, Sam
1: Jackson's the same thing. Okay, you know, and I love Sam Jackson. Yeah, I'm that's not my saying, cousin. yeah, them. you know, we love them, but here's the thing: <clears throat> they're always the only black person. They're never attached to anybody else. Mm-hmm. Even when Morgan Freeman played the... Pre- How many movies was he president? Like two or three movies where Morgan <laughs> Freeman... Not only has he been God and the president and everything else, he's mm-hmm. been every head scientist. And he might have had a daughter Everybody's grandpa. Every, I mean, he's everybody's everything. Yeah, and yeah. what has happened is he's <laughs> become the great, white, magical, brown Negro. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I love him. And he's a great actor. But the problem is... He's become a cliche because Mm -hmm. every time you see Morgan in a movie Mm -hmm. or Sam or almost, you know, I'm trying to think of any other actors we've had in a long time that are actually doing well in movies, Mm -hmm. where when they are in the movie, they're always in almost like a service capacity. Even though they could be the famous scientist, they could be the president, they're always serving the needs of other characters Mm -hmm. and not themselves. Okay? Okay. And we call this the magical brown Negro. If you don't know Mm. what the magical Negro is, think of the green mile, even though I love Stephen King, Mm. but think of the green mile. Think of the classic. The classic. Uh, Which is um, (laughs) Will Smith starred in it. I call it it driving Matt Damon, but... Oh, (laughs) Bagger Vance? Thank you. Hmm. And And Bagger Vance is a great example of the magical Negro who is insane. (laughs) <laughs> because <laughs> think about Bagger Vance. Think about this. Right. Think about Bagger Vance. Bagger Vance. Here's the thing. Wilson's character mm-hmm. shows up mm-hmm. in the U S. 1930s U US, S. Like
0: 1930 or 40 or something. Like that.
1: <laughs> at almost the height of lots of lynching in
0: mm-hmm. America,
1: he does not show up mm-hmm. to Negro land to help black people. Out of lynching or to help inspire black people to hold on just a little while longer. (laughs) Hold on. Because someday y'all going to be free for real. Even though, you know, it says you free one day. Mm -hmm. Who who does he go to? He comes to 1930s America (laughs) to help Matt Damon uh, improve his golf swing. And then when, 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 when Matt Damon (laughs) Damon has his shit together and wins the woman at the end, Mm -hmm. Bagger Vance goes off as the angelic hero, leaving all those Negro caddies who was like, dude, you you can help him swing that, but we got to get Jojo, uh, from, so that's what we're talking about, the magical Negro, Mm. which is basically they're only there to serve white people, uh. Which is you know most of the lead characters in films are white people, so when we're talking about a person of color test, that's what I mean was as who don't act in service capacity to the main characters, which are often white, which is no magical brown
0: people. so like, you say in service even if, even if even even if quote unquote Will Smith's character came in and he couldn't have done it without will, even though he gave him the gift, right.
1: As a black person. <laughs>
0: I'm just asking you <laughs> In these United States of America. Them. She looked at me like I was across the street. But y'all. here's the thing. Here's the
1: thing, though. A lot oh. of, of mainstream audiences love those type of stories. People mm-hmm. love the Green Mile. Mm-hmm. They love Shawshank Redemption. They, yeah. love, they love I, I love them as stories. And they stories. are as stories, yes. yes. But we got to understand, mm-hmm. media and film has a lot of influence on culture and how people think of other people. Okay even move, even when the actor is exceptional and gifted like Morgan Freeman, <clears> throat> Sam throat> Jackson, Whoopi Goldberg, all those Michael a Clark lot Duncan. of time all those people mm-hmm. a lot of times when you see people of color or black characters they could be at the zenith but they are detached you never see their families that you never see them concerned about themselves or really about their loved ones, it's always in the service capacity uh, of saving. Okay, I see where you're I've going. I got now. to save, I got to stay here. Bitch, you got a family too. Mm-hmm. No, I got to help and save these people figure out this problem. No, okay. And the last part of it is not only do you have to have two or more people of color who talk to each other, mm-hmm. who don't act in service capacity to the lead, no magical brown people, but. They also have to be reflective of their culture and their history, but not in a stereotypical fashion mm-hmm. and not with a heavy accent. So in other words, don't have characters that come in, and because you don't you don't know any black people for real, mm-hmm. but the only thing you see is what you see on TV, and you write these characters as if all black people, which you have to understand is, you, know, you should know this, we are not a monolithic group. And there are nuances to blackness in America and all over the world. But if we're just talking about films in the United States, you got to understand that black people down south sound different than black people from Southern Cali. Black mm-hmm. people from Southern Cali, Cali sound different from those down in North Cackalacky. Black people from North, <laughs> North Kakalaki that's North Carolina for you those think, of you who don't know, <laughs> <they're a> <laughs> are different together. than <laughs> black people from New York mm-hmm. who are like, those are scary people. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you why they are upfront they are culturally attuned mm-hmm. they have a lot of history behind them because they live next to each other <laughs> because they have to you they are forced to live on top of each other next to each other and near each other unlike mm-hmm. california mm-hmm. where people get in their cars and drive around and never have to interact even though we have a diverse city here in los angeles uh if you are white you don't never ever ever have to see a black person mm-hmm. or a person of color unless they are watching your babies <laughs> cutting your lawn <laughs> Show from you to your whatever I mean that's that's real talk I'm telling you so when we're talking about people of color tests you know we have to understand that you know we don't want to see I, I'm trying to think of a movie recently that just did that where somebody just oh well a good example would be well the green mile itself everybody else <laughs> is talking I mean they could be talking southern Mm -hmm. But he gotta be like throwback slave Southern, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's all about like nigga, you got magical powers. (laughs) You not gonna save yourself, Mm -hmm. you know. That's just real talk. Like you gonna sit here and spend your whole life, and and then you die happy because, and black people, I'm letting you know right now, we are tired of seeing that. Brown people are tired of seeing themselves as being the gardeners, mm-hmm. the help. I, I agree with that. The hot, spicy, whatever stereotype mm-hmm. you can think of. Asians are tired of being the effeminate, non-sexual. I mean, that's one of my problems I have with Glenn on The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. He's one of the smartest characters on there, too. He should be having a strong leadership role. I mean, yeah. f- I mean fuck. In the first season... He was the motherfucker that was getting shit for people, knew mm. how to get in and out he's of situations. Going oh, but no, we gonna turn to, oh, Mr. Sheriff, okay. because, well, he's a sheriff. He, I mean, Glenn would be the dude who can help you. No, they have him focus more on being with his white wife. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you real talk, people. <laughs> I'm just telling you real talk. Don't get your, I told y'all, don't get your feelings hurt. I'm just talking to you how it is. And we have to deal with those kind of things because I'm letting you know Can, right can't now. Can't
0: you just be a wife? What's that? Why she got to be white?
1: Uh, <laughs> because uh, <laughs> because she he's is. the only he's the only Asian dude. True that. I'm pretty sure he had there was some cut co- there was a community that Glenn came from in Atlanta. Yes, that there could seen. have been some other mm-hmm. Asian
0: people somewhere, mm-hmm. and because
1: eh, for the most part, most most I'm not saying all Asians, but I'm saying certain.
0: It's funny you say that because. I don't want to go off on a whole tangent about walking naked, you know we could. Um <laughs> the first season there was a couple Spanish people on uh on who there disappeared, two who disappeared, who they never showed ever again. And then um funny you th- you say that about about Glenn's character because <clears throat> I've thought about how like there's like four black people on the right now and how cool that is, but I never thought about the fact there's only Glenn and we haven't seen that I can remember anybody else
1: I mean just be in aware four seasons. just be aware and also in a, if we're talking about Asian actors and Asian characters we have to understand historically in America different Asian groups who immigrated here have different experiences mm-hmm. you know a lot of people are talking right now about the minority myth and how a lot of ways, that was used really to the detriment of the Asian community, because a lot of times people think that, oh, Asians do well in college. They make up a lot of few populations in universities, you know in jobs. Financially, compared to most US citizens, they're doing well. But what mm-hmm. they fail to see is, which type of Asian groups are we talking about? Okay. Are we talking about original Chinese immigrants in the 1800s who were living down south, some of which who were intermingling with black people? We don't mm-hmm. talk about those Chinese mm-hmm. people. Are we talking about people from Laos, okay, them pretty or black from, people
0: with a nice little slanted okay, eyes, with the, with the gorgeous, hair.
1: gorgeous, <laughs> you know, or those who come from Cambodia yeah. or mm-hmm. war torn areas who come in? Who a lot of those people who coming in are are, are in, in many Asian societies would be considered on the bottom rung, okay. but because they're lumped in and quote unquote called Asian. You know, we think that they're on the same level as, Mm -hmm. let's say, those people who are Chinese or Korean, you know, or those people who come in. I mean, there are a lot of stereotypes that people have, um, which I won't get into, which I go into on Twitter a lot. But (laughs) just to understand that when you're writing about people, we can't constantly be showing films where it's always the 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 big white hero. Now, if you're a white guy or a white female and your character your lead character is white, it makes sense cuz you're white. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand if you're going to write your show in certain parts of the United States, please be realistic and understand what part of the country you're coming from. That's why there was okay. so there, that's why there was so much a hullabaloo about um what's a girl's name Lena who did uh, the show Girls
0: on HBO mm-hmm. who
1: oh, in, in New in York. New York.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there ain't no, there ain't nobody else. But and it's people. like
1: I don't know what type of color scope they had on the TV set, but it's like there are no people of color. And I have been to New York several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York is like New York is how all the United States, like, in fact, the world should be in terms of its diversity. You and know? it's
0: not even like she lives in like some <laughs> exclusive place in the Upper East Side or something where you know nothing. Where's she,
1: but where she, she supposed to be lo- living? I think
0: is, is it is supposed she to be in Brooklyn?
1: Brooklyn, yeah. <laughs> She, she, she in the beat. Come on now, you can't you can't do that. <laughs> but you know, all that to say is that as writers, this is a new world, mm. and if you're going to write a world, you know that's <clears throat> unrealistic. You're going to lose your audience. You really are. Mm. I mean, think of for example, there were people who were criticizing a lot of the films and who were coming out and books that are coming out that are considered young adult and there were actually people who were making fun and actually saying a lot of negative writing negative things essays and things about um how YA has a lot of strong female lead characters and how these movies are being made and because female women are writing these stories mm-hmm. all of a sudden oh it's a joke now oh they're not serious movies because really? well you know uh, women wrote this and you know it, it it's it's a real thing mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Almost gaming. like they wrote it for favoritism or something. You know, and it's like
1: the disrespect that mm-hmm. comes out of it. And like we talked about that before, women are a huge. I mean, for example, one of the cliches in terms, especially going back to female characters, mm-hmm. is this whole notion that you can't really, it's kind of like goes to the idea, can men and women just be friends? In a lot of movies, when you have a male and a female character um whether they're not dating in the beginning, somehow writers always tend to make it so they have to become a romantic couple mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, recently I just saw Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. Hilarious! It was really entertaining. Whoever wrote that script and whoever directed it, <laughs> let me just give you some
0: <laughs> a, you little, to a, say little, a little
1: anecdote, <laughs> uh, something that I witnessed. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of my favorite things to do when I go to movies is I sit in the back. And one, because I hate people walking in and kicking the back of my chair. Are
0: you in the backpack?
1: Because I I like the whole movie experience. I like to watch the audience, Mm. how they react to trailers. Mm -hmm. Um, I study them in terms of certain things that are happening in the movies. How they're reacting to that? It really mm-hmm. does help me with my writing.
0: So you a to the I'm 900th a cinephile.
1: Child, look, I sit <laughs> at, when the movie is over. I sit and watch every single freaking credit
0: okay. that goes you up. You ain't even worried about your car. And, and I, I like, clap. I don't care if I'm I
1: stuck clap, in traffic. And I show respect <laughs> for all those people. It took to the person who brought water <laughs> to the director. The person who was sweeping up the craft room. You know, mm-hmm. the person who was like doing the digital layout and mm-hmm. doing all that. I, I stay to see everybody's name and to show my respect. Like it takes a village to make a movie movie yeah, no but what i noticed when i was watching edge of tomorrow if you haven't seen the movie spoiler alert and you know my rule you should have seen it if you were serious <laughs> you know tom cruise is just so endearing in this movie and it's such a roller coaster right it really it makes you feel like you're playing a video game you a it's like it's like, like a role-playing you game it's
0: like groundhog day it really is like gra- it's like
1: groundhog day meets oh god what's the classic one of my favorite um sci-fi movies that someone's think about they're remaking. Oh, God, it's the one with the big giant bugs. Storm, oh. Starship Troopers. Oh, oh, it has oh, that God. kind of silly, crazy, zany bunch, oh, really? that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's action. It's got sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And it's not that that type of, but it just it just reminds me of that. And okay. it really feels like a video game, and, and it's just fun. Mm-hmm. But there was a scene where they have uh, Emily Blunt is in it. And she's like the female, um, and she's cool because she's got agency. She's impactful. She can fight. <laughs> she can fight. She's mm-hmm. teaching him. And of course, as most movies do, when you have the woman who's, who's equal, if not better than the man, at some time, by the third act, mm-hmm. the man has surpassed her, and she's just become, you know, just whatever. But they really didn't really do that with her character here. But there's one scene where they're fighting, they're trying to figure out how they're going to solve this problem, and there's a point where they kiss, they tried to. They for the during, during the fight. Well, there's a there's a little reprieve where like they're fighting and they have a little downtime and okay. they're hiding out somewhere and mm. you know they have like the romantic moment. Mm. In I in the three rows that that I could literally see in the theater, the we groaned. The women Man. groaned. <laughs> not in not in the fawning. Oh, it's Tom Cruise. Man. It was like, are you freaking kidding me? Man. Like, it was visceral. Man. Like. The sense of, it wasn't like outrage. It was more like the eye, heavy
0: eye roll, like, come on. Really? See, that, and that's telling me this, really? isn't, just, this isn't just your personal <clears throat> attack as a, as, a, mm-hmm. as a feminist. No. This is you going, this isn't just me.
1: No. We laughed. <laughs> like, there were women, we were laughing. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, really? Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of all this, and now we're going to have this. Like, women laughed at that scene. And what it told me is, you know what? They put those scenes in for men. Yeah. Because men need to feel loved, and
0: and respected, and looked up to. And you know what it is? At. It's
1: just silly.
0: I think I think a lot of it is that man's thing of you know, well, you know, he's got to get the girl. Some maybe like Act Three, he's got. I mean, they got a kiss. I mean, and it know. was one of those
1: moments where I felt like it could have elevated the the movie to a whole another level for me. Like on a scale of one to ten, I would say Edge of Tomorrow is probably I would give it a strong a strong seven eight.
0: That's good for you. That, that's good. Okay, you don't like shit. Yeah, i what are you talking about? Okay. I do. Okay. But you know, when it comes to
1: sci-fi movies, I love to see what the new technology is. And even mm-hmm. though when you're watching the movie, what saves it is the humor, and mm-hmm. what saves it is the Groundhog Day effect. I think if they had played it straight as a regular sci-fi, it, it would have been like Oblivion or one of his other, where it's kind of like, eh, yeah, wham, yeah. whatever. But because it was like, you felt like you were part of it and there was humor and there was like, oh shit, how is he going to get out of this? Mm-hmm. You were engaged. It was like a roller, it really was a roller coaster ride. But I tell you, people who made Edge of Tomorrow, when that scene happened with Emily Von we women hated it. <laughs> they hated it. I mean, it mm. was like, oh okay. my God. Even my sister was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean... Yeah. The woman next to me with her husband, she was like, why would they stop and in the middle? Really? In the middle of this? They're going to have them kiss?" It was just like, oh my God, if the writer and the director were in there, they would have been like, sh- shoes would have been thrown at them, you know? So all this to say, to kind of wrap it up in a nice little, little, little present for have you, you writers out there. Have you got a
0: bow? Then? Got a
1: lovely bow for you. It's just something to consider. Is, you know, really... Think about the world. Now, if you're writing a story and it takes place in, like, Minnesota uh-huh. or someplace where there are, one, there are no people of color or in a situation where, you know, it might be a job or something where there may not be a lot of women, y- you might be able to, to kind of get by with a story where uh-huh. there's not a lot of that. But in today's market, understand, having more than one woman in a movie is going to make you big bucks. Uh-huh. Okay, It's going to attract a huge audience, because once again, women, women make up more than half the audience. And we're the ones who actually go That's and important. buy a lot of That's shit. That's important.
0: And mm-hmm. we are repeat mm-hmm. we call it, we're repeat offenders. There, we will s- come back again and again. Isn't there some people who think that, who is it who said, you You said their name, who was it who said something about if women make up the majority of women who see it, how come they're going to go see more male-driven movies? Something to right. that. Who to was remember. that? It wasn't Aaron Sorkin. Who was it? Was it
1: Aaron? Oh, when I went off on Aaron Sorkin. It
0: was somebody like that. Who oh, oh, off.
1: who was who basically, when he was saying that, yeah. the reason why there's not uh, women with scripts is because they don't, they're not great writers. Women are not good writers. Yeah, but then
0: he went in about... Something about the the women who like if, how come they're not gonna they 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 take their boyfriends out for a movie and they choose to go see that movie as right. opposed to
1: and the assumption <laughs> being that we don't watch the type of movies that men watch yes. when clearly when I go see these movies these action sci fi heavy women girl they are there mm-hmm. they is and we have a good time and we enjoy it mm-hmm. and we're looking at the trail. like I watch reactions to movies and and, and trust me women. <laughs> pretty much control the <laughs> pocketbooks in a lot of families. Sure. And they are sitting there letting you know, right? Like, I'd be taking notes. Like, they, I can tell, like, oh, they're not going to go see that movie mm. just by their reaction. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, they will watch it and then turn and be like, DVD, <laughs> Netflix, yes. bootleg, yes. you know, yeah, when yeah, it comes yeah, on yeah. TV. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's something you seriously need to really consider because right now people are going after uh, material, books, comic books and things that have women have people of color, mm-hmm. you know? And even when we boo boohoo like, oh, there were no black people involved. Holla, why? It made some money because mm-hmm. uh, hey, hand raised, I went to go see Idris. Mm-hmm. And if you throw and, and here's the thing.
0: Are we talking about Thor? Are we talking about Thor and his <laughs>
1: multiracial, multicultural <laughs> I'm there for it. You know what? If you gonna we gonna change it up, go ahead. You know, mm-hmm. and like I said, I told you this before, when I sat there, I thought to myself, There were no Negroes. <laughs> In Valhalla. Okay, the they're, they're
0: right there are no Asian people. Where are these people? Like, I almost we're got offended. Kind of, why, why not, though? Uh, I thought we was everywhere. <laughs> I, he, uh, there was no Moors walking around? No, I'm technically <laughs> we are, but I'm just thinking
1: in terms of we're staying inside of Norse I'm myth. Just- but what was great about the the Thor movies is they opened up Valhalla outside of just Norse, you know, Norse Norway, all those places where those people come from. Mm-hmm. It it was it was more than just you know
0: Europe. But let me ask you this. Just in regard to what you just said about Idris Elba playing that one character in Thor. We always talk about now you make a good point. Let me just let me just preface this. Okay. You always make a really good point about, yes bring in Idris, but where are his people? Where's everybody else? That part of it I get. Yes. Is it, I I always look at it like, oh, at least it's good that used to be they wouldn't even have Idris in there, just be all these white dudes in there. At least now there's this person, this person, you know. So I'm like, okay, there's some effort here to sprinkle it with this, the hardest motherfucker in there comes out being... But see,
1: now we need to get out of the crawling stage. That's the crawling stage. We need to start getting up and walking and then moving on to running. And so, yeah, we're happy. For example... We used to be ecstatic whenever we see Morgan Freeman in a movie. Now it's like, are there no other black male, sage-like actors outside of Morgan? Morgan, have you not made... Morgan, are you killing older black actors and just taking their parts? Are you got some juju on somebody? Like, how are you and Sam Jackson? Like, it's almost... I hate to say it. It almost is when I see the... Another example would be Zoe Saldana. You know, I enjoy her in the, the Star Trek movies, mm-hmm. but she's in every goddamn thing. And now it's kind of like, we tired of seeing you. And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to say, hey, actors, go get your paper. Mm-hmm. Go make your money. But as a moviegoer, mm-hmm. as
0: a person who sits through. But you you know what happens, and I know you know, is th- this isn't about that at all. I know. What happens is mm-hmm. I become a star, mm-hmm. and my agent's like, We got to get you in some shit. Before your time runs out. Well, let's get you while you're hot. So they put you in this movie, put you in this movie, this movie. Well, I'm a studio over here, right, who just hired you in the movie that we're not planning to come out for two years. Well, that movie just came out that you just did that was a huge hit. Mm -hmm. Damn it, we got one month to come out with it next week because she's hot in that movie. We got to get it. So that's what they start doing. They start piggybacking. Piggybacky. thats a new word. You start pig. I can't even say the damn Piggy word. Backing. Piggybacking. Oh, what's the word? Uh-huh. They start jumping, right? Trying to trying to cap, catch up to what just happened. So it looks like you were just in that movie, just in that movie. Now you're on a TV show. It's like oh, all understand. that shit I you understand. did three years ago. I
1: understand that, you know. But to a moviegoer,
0: mm-hmm. this is what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: damn. Every goddamn thing. Which is great. But one of the things I really uh, have respect for with Zoe was when she just did the uh, Rosemary's Baby thing, mm-hmm. which I have to admit on Twitter, we did a live tweet with some of my peoples and uh, we were clowning. It. Like, yeah, this ain't. I, this ain't. Why they yeah, like, doing... I didn't even, honestly, I didn't even bother to watch the second half. It's Go like, ahead. yeah, we, we, we didn't need to do a two parter. Uh-uh. But I did take note that she was producing it, I think with one of her siblings, uh, they're getting into producing. And I think that's something that uh, actors really need to think of. Do you know what the numbers were on
0: that? Do you know how that did? You
1: know what? I didn't even want to. I'm just it. i just curious. I didn't even bother. to Just, go just look.
0: N- knowing that she's producing it now. Now I'm like, oh well. From that point of view, I thought it was smart on her part. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. I'm we're
1: gonna produce this, and we're gonna. She's put like, it I'm Paris. not just gonna do some small movies. Some... I'm gonna take yeah. like one of the
0: most famous yeah. movies in the yeah, world. Yeah, and I, I
1: think and and Morgan Freeman does that too, and mm-hmm. I'm sure Sam Jackson does it too. I've you know when he did a couple of films where he was like you know producing or co-producing, yeah. but in terms like I said, strictly from a I'm um, a ticket buyer in the audience. It just seems like we want to, I just want to see more variety. Mm-hmm. And I think, in, in particular for me, being a female too, of course, yeah, I love people of color, like to see more of them. But it's just, you know, as writers, we really have to understand that the world has a lot of diversity in, to, in it. And what's going to happen is you're going to get left behind with TV shows and movies that are
0: showing the same boring people. Let me ask you a couple of little small questions. Mm-hmm. This is an off-the-subject question, but how many movies do you think you see a month? Because every time I talk to you, you see, like, damn near every movie that comes out. I'm so behind on the movies. You know, I have to be <laughs>
1: honest. I'm behinding a lot of Netflix stuff. Like, there are mm-hmm. a couple of, like, TV series and things. Um, oh, God, that's a good question. I have to say that I uh, recently got back into watching I'm talking about what? new movies. New movies? I think I've seen every new one that's come out in okay. terms of what... I'm going to say... At least five, okay. A month.
0: That, that's that's a damn you a big time cinephile because that's like at least once a weekend. Or oh, sometimes definitely. Twice and, and times right?
1: childish times. I've gone like to a movie like when I saw I think I went and saw X Men mm-hmm. in the morning and then the evening I went and saw Belle. <laughs> <laughs> that's how hardcore. And then here is the thing though I get embarrassed sometimes if I come back to the same theater, so I try to I try to spread the wealth. Like I go to one theater and I will go someplace else to go yeah. see it because <laughs> I'll be like. <laughs> did we not sit here this morning with a big old thing of popcorn? I'd be, <laughs> be trying to change my clothes like, they're going it? to notice is me coming in here again. They know it's me, but you know. A good example here, uh, talk about a good example of a movie that, one, passed the Bechtel test, and in some ways for me, uh, in a subtle way, not necessarily the people of color Bechdel test, mm-hmm. but it, 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 it was so nuanced and it just gave you, it just showed you the world is wider than, wider, not wider, wider than it is. Like when you saw Belle, mm-hmm. we have our lead character, Belle, but there were scenes when she would be walking amongst the world where you would see other black people of color Where they don't necessarily were talking to her. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was one other black female that talked to her and was helping with her hair. That's when I knew a black woman wrote (laughs) the script.
0: (laughs) (laughs) From the (laughs) root. Because there was
1: only some nuanced cultural things that only, you know, before you gave me the magazine. Like, Mm -hmm. I knew the director was black. But it was like, before I even realized and you gave me the magazine and told me, oh, here's the writer. It was like, there were certain things in the script where I thought, I know a black it might not be a black woman or black, it, but it had to be somebody who black, who mm-hmm. had, knew the cultural thing about when you call oh, so black Oh, so you
0: had seen the movie already before you read the article on huh? it? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. But I knew the director yeah, was, but yeah, I had yeah. no
1: idea, because when you have him in the back, I'm like, that does not look like the director. And I realized, oh my God, this is the writer. What? It's a win. Mm-hmm. But it, it, there were scenes in that movie where, because you know there's some people who act like there were no people of color, no black people in medieval
0: days, mm-hmm. uh, especially in England. Um, for those for those people who don't know, just give them a little twist on, a little gist on what that, the premise on Belle. Oh, Belle. Belle is, um,
1: it's actually based on a, a famous real life painting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the writer actually saw, I'm going to say she was in Wales, and she saw this painting of um, a white woman and a black woman, both equally dressed in the best, you know, I guess English or European finery, but there was no name, and she always from, from w-
0: what year? How long? How oh God! That have been? I want to say the seventeen hundreds, 1700s. Yeah, 1600s,
1: yeah. and but there was no beautiful name. black. Oh woman, God! Too. And there was no name. It said the name of the woman. I think it was mm-hmm. Catherine something, but it didn't have a name. It just said Negress or something, probably mm-hmm. like that. And then about I think she said maybe a few years later or, or many years later, she saw the same painting and it had a name. So she finally did some research and come to find out that this was not a servant. This was actually a black woman Mm -hmm. who was part of this family. She was related to her. She was related to her. Mm -hmm. They were um, cousins. Mm -hmm. And so basically she did some research, and what she did was she created this wonderful movie about this black woman who comes from privilege, but because she is still black, has to live a very precarious life in terms of, for example, she could eat with the family, Mm Um, in certain instances but she could never eat with the family when they had company among white people mm. g- but she was not allowed to eat with the servants
0: either really? so she was kind
1: of like in this because li- was
0: the father like really loved her there was like yeah, something yeah like she
1: had this like this liminal existence mm-hmm. where her father um was a captain in the navy in real life and her uncle was like this big time judge lord in in Europe mm-hmm. so she had status because That's of right. her family name mm-hmm. and she had money mm-hmm. but because she was black They had to treat her. Who who was her mother? Her mother was a black woman. There was some. I think earlier. Did did we see her
0: at all? No, no,
1: she had died. And in the movie, the way they explained it was that um, she was not. I don't believe she was a servant in real life, but she was a black woman. And Mm -hmm. you know, the mother thought they loved each other and had this. Was that an
0: affair he did with her?
1: I want to say. I mean, in my heart, because he had other
0: grown kids that were like her age, right? Um. Like the woman in the picture. Well, in the
1: movie, in the movie, okay, okay, basically it was just the daughter, and the mother had died. Like they were in love, so she simplified it, and she just made it real simple. And um, there was, and basically it's about her life in Europe. It's basically the way it is. It's it's Jane Austen with slavery. (laughs) Ah, ah, ah. So when you see those lovely Jane Austen movies, when they kind of touch upon, and Mm -hmm. you kind of figure out how they get their money, uh, this one is like the Black Jane Austen. And we're gonna talk about slavery and how okay. they got there but there's scenes in the movie where you see other black people mm-hmm. and you can see their status based on what they're wearing there okay. are some people who are wearing like the big powdered wigs mm-hmm. you know the Maybe. men who are walking around and then there are those who aren't and you know those are probably workers or slaves or what have you so there's some subtle things and this, that is, England. See. And this is in England mm-hmm. you know because as the writer said sure. um, she had said that you know people try to act like like there are people right now who are mad mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a website called because uh, they
0: try to act like the Jamaicans didn't come over until God, 1948 oh or something. like Yeah, and
1: that's when black people <laughs> yeah. showed up. You know, or there was like one slave shipment came in and Wilberforce freed all the. In, in it, it's like they've been in there if you didn't know anything about history, the Moors, because <laughs> uh, Africa is real close to Europe.
0: And so let me let me ask you one more question. Mm-hmm. Back, you were back to the video games. Okay, mm-hmm. you were talking about because um, I found this fascinating because I'm like I said I'm not a big video mm-hmm. game dude. <clears throat> However, um, you said something about, it's, it. The, they were saying that it's difficult for them to draw or to make the female characters. Right Now, the reason why I find that hard to believe, and Which you know more about it than I do, mm-hmm. but the reason I find it hard to believe when I watch a commercial on, you know, this video game or this video game, <clears throat> they look fucking real now. I'm like, how much difficult can it be to make it a girl? I'm confused. Do you know why or what the fuck? It's just, it's sexism. Is because it?
1: even when one of the guy, I think one of the articles I read, one of the um, another guy who actually worked for Ubisoft, who was actually Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft. That's what's the his name, name in. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's the company that does all those video game role playing right. games. U b i s o f t. Ubisoft. Oh soft. Okay. yeah, Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. And um, or some people who call it Ubisoft. So I like Ubisoft, but um. You know, it's just sexism because, the uh, you know, other people who have worked in design games have says that's a lie. It does not mm-hmm. take that many man hours to, like, it, that's just an outright lie. And these mm-hmm. are people who have actually worked for the company before. Mm-hmm. So really it comes down to just plain old, good old sexism. You know, and it's just, you know, it's the nature of the game. I mean, there's some issues that are going on with gaming, a lot of sexism in the gaming industry. Mm -hmm. Like, even when they have conventions, the harassment that women feel, a lot of the attacks on uh, female gamers, or just females, women in tech, Hmm. period. You know, a lot of the the pushback they get.
0: When Had I known this at the time, I would have thought about the Barry's pilot that he just wrote, it's about a a gamer mm-hmm. who actually goes around on tours and he's like has sponsors and all these mm-hmm. other people <clears throat> and it's like a like a half hour entourage type of show and um hmm. I have just been curious to know because I know he knows a lot about that mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. because he's like all into all that shit mm-hmm. too but hmm, I'm I mean just even curious. But,
1: but I mean you just have we just have to be aware of a lot of stuff. I mean, I love gaming. I used to be big, you know, years ago when I used to play when I was younger. But then, you know, you get a life and you got to do stuff. And, you know, I've always been interested in going back to getting... Huh? Kelly. Going back to (laughs) Kelly. You know, go back into it. But, you know, a lot of the games that I've seen some of my friends play, a lot of them, like, Jesus. Like, when you... Just how they treat women in a lot of video games. Hmm. Like, the brutality. I mean, I remember when grand theft auto Mm -hmm. you know they got games where you get points for killing hoes on the street (laughs) (laughs) like literally you kill them and Mm -hmm. little tiny gold pieces show up and you can collect that and get rewarded for that like you can rape women you can just do all kinds of and i'm thinking as a company Mm -hmm. that's okay (laughs) i'm just saying because you know women do play these games Mm too you know and, and, and you know a lot of the <laughs> women I as love these. you know women as <laughs> sex toys i mean i believe in equality if you're going to if you're going to do that kind of like brutal stuff let it be equal opportunity have you know let women be able to fucking kill i mean i'm not saying that that's something that every video game has to have but it's like if you're going to have that it just seems to me a lot of these games are just anti-women mm-hmm. and we are seeing that in a lot of the craziness that we see going on right now in the US in terms of angry men shooting up women or being you know doing these terrible things and I'm saying I'm not trying to say that it's it's violent video games because I love okay. I play those games i watch violent movies I and en- you know I enjoy films I'm a grown-up I can you know clearly I'm, clearly, clearly I mean yeah. I'm not gonna watch something and go out and mm-hmm. just go off on people mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people have issues, but I just, it just feels like to me, even with games and even in some films, we still have a total disrespect for diversity. And people try to say things like, oh, we're tired of political correctness. Let me just let you know Lisa's
0: pro tip. (laughs) You mean you got something to say? Any motherfucker
1: (laughs) who comes up to you in a conversation and says at any point, well, political correctness and blah, blah, blah that is someone you don't even wanna deal with. Mm. Because political correctness, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's stupid. There's no, to me there's no such thing as, basically there's real talk and you just uncomfortable. (laughs) That's what it really is, you know? That's what it is. So anytime someone comes up to you, oh, this political correctness, right now just know and say this to yourself, this is someone you do not wanna waste your time, because you're not gonna get that time back. Mm -hmm. So we really have to be really cognizant as writers, of what we are writing. You are free to write what you want, but do understand that your money and your success is gonna be tied up to it. Because like I tell you, women are a huge part of the audience. Mm -hmm. They are watching, they make, their movies make money, clearly. True. And just, you know, just let me just put that bug in your ear as a writer, whether you're a beginner or you're a pro. Just be smarter, be sharper, I almost felt, I almost sound like a, was that song <laughs> Sharpie? What it looks like, Craftwork or something like that, you know? Just, or just. What's his name
0: on Saturday Live?
1: <laughs> just put it this way open up your purse a little bit more, your bag, and make some more money. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> make, ah. I, we will come see you, but just stop doing the silly tropes on women. Mm-hmm. Stop having magical Negroes, mm-hmm. you know? Stop having these stereotypical gay characters that do not, are not really reflective. I mean, if this was a really ideal world, mm-hmm. we can have, there would be no stereotypes because we'd have all kinds of um, visions of people. And it would not be a stereotype because you, not, you, know, you may have an effeminate character, but you may have a character who's gay who's not. Mm-hmm. And you have another one who does this, and it's not a big deal because they're just human. You know. And that's what it really comes to. So do I have time to do my clap back real quick?
0: Oh, I thought that was. But that was not clap clap back. Back. No, okay. my clapback. No, my clapback. We've been real talking quick. for like the last ninety. How we really? Okay, <laughs> this is a quick
1: clapback. Okay, this is just a quick one, and it came out in the magazine Entertainment Weekly. Just came out with their True Blood. They have True Blood. <clears throat> it's the June 27, It's June 27, 2014, The issue that just came out this week, uh, and basically it has Anna Paquin and Stephen Moyer on the cover for True Blood, okay. and they are in a coffin, mm-hmm. and this is what I'm upset about. Oh. He got clothes on. She butt naked. Um. Uh, okay. Hmm. Either you put them both naked, mm-hmm. or you have them both partially clothed, mm-hmm. or you have them both clothed. I'm sick and tired of you people objectifying women. I'm not saying this as being approved, because I'm one of the nastiest chicks I know. <laughs> 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 I am filthy. Okay? <laughs> so this has nothing to do with me being, oh my God, respectability, she's mm-hmm. No, it's about equality. And it's, and, and it's like, it's not a sexy picture. I know they think it is. We're going to have Anna naked on mm-hmm. her husband. It's not. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, What's I don't he like wearing? It. It's a double standard. He's, he's wearing, wearing an all wearing. black outfit. Okay. He's wearing like a t-shirt. He's a vampire. Well, the only nakedness he has is his bare feet. But here's the thing. We wanna I wanna see men's dangly bits. I wanna <laughs> see it. <laughs> Shit, hold on, you know, hold on. <laughs> the double standard is messed up.
0: She wanna that see that cover
1: Entertainment Weekly is boring. Bits. It's boring. And it's quite frankly, it's immature. Because yeah. once again, Oh, let's put the woman as sexy. We might want to see some the chest hairs. We bits. might want to see his dangly bits. You know, I might want to... Give me <laughs> give me the male buffet. You got her spread out mm-hmm. like a gorgeous buffet, if you think that's gorgeous. <laughs> and you got him sitting there and looking. It's like, it's a boring cover. Like, to me, it would have been hot just to have them both naked. Then I'd be like, oh, God, that's... Hey, but would blood. they be able to put that on that cover? No, there are ways that you can... Yeah, Cold yeah, their arming and like how she's naked, mm-hmm. but she's turned into him. You don't see any chest. Okay. You don't see any pubes. You just you see like
0: the side
1: and her leg. Uh, and kind of a little bit of a butt, I guess it's uh-huh. that's what that is. Uh and then you have him just clove looking straight ahead and she's like adore. and I'm like, no. So Entertainment Weekly, whoever was the uh, person who who did that.
0: The stylist. Um the stylist.
1: <laughs> I don't want to say the stylist, it's just whoever the photographer was who put that and said, This is how we're gonna make this picture. Mm-hmm. Um
0: or the editor. It's probably. stupid.
1: It's it's just grow up. Have us both be naked. Nobody naked. Partially naked, but have them both be together. Stop using women as objects. Stop it. Just stop it. We Uh want to see men too. Please be like Michael Fassbender. (laughs) Show us the dangly parts.
0: Show us. Hashtag modic. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Come on, people.
1: That's all I'm saying. So that's my Mm -hmm.
0: clapback. Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) listeners, y'all heard it. (laughs) <laughs> this episode Lisa just <laughs> went in on y'all y'all need to be get y'all should have y'all pins out <laughs> but on a real this was really if you guys he listen closely though this was really about how to elevate your characters you know to another level so that's what we're talking about um, so with that Lisa where can I find you at? Twitter You mean they can listen to you say more shit like this? (laughs) Dangly parts of shit.
1: (laughs) I talk about all kinds of stuff. I love it. I talk about about all kinds of stuff on Twitter. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter at my name Lisa Bolakaja. I don't have an alias. That is my name. And I I wish you would come at me. (laughs)
0: Like
1: I told somebody on Twitter, I'm the type of chick that will come to your job (laughs) with Pookie in (laughs) there. Okay, with Pookie in (laughs) there. To come say hey. what you say
0: <laughs> no.
1: no but you can follow me on twitter i talk about all kinds of stuff i'm a real big horror movie i love that i you may hear me you know we have friday night horror with the graveyard sis um who's a person i follow on twitter who are black women who love horror so a lot of times we tweet a lot of we watch movies on netflix and then we tweet about what we're saying last week we did Candyman man and it was hilarious so yeah you can find me on twitter
0: Well, again, my name is Hilliard Gas, and um, I just want to give a couple of thank yous to some of our listeners out there, everybody out there who's been giving us five-star reviews, man. We really, really appreciate it. Um, Big, big shout-out to France and the U.K., Canada, Germany, Russian Federation. That always trips me out. The Russian Federation. We got numbers in the Russian Federation.
1: We are coming to Russia. Japan.
0: What's up, Japan? The Netherlands. Australia. Australians. You know what I mean? All right. Um, that one went all British on them. Hey, uh, <laughs> but I want to thank all you guys again, all you people who've given us five star reviews. Man, that really helps. Um, if you want to give us one, please hit us up um, on iTunes or Stitcher. We are out there. Um, you can hit us on um, Twitter, Screenwriters RR, because they don't allow us to make Screenwriters Rant Room because it's too long. You see how they do us. <laughs> you see the abuse. <laughs> Anyway, oh, uh, any questions? Um, we will be getting back to the "Don't Sleep On" Them segment where we read um, um, scenes from you know writers and all the stuff like that. So they just don't happen every week, but they'll they'll be in so y'all can see it. Um, again, I'm Hilliard Guess. Y'all know what we do. We keep it street. We keep it opinionated. Keep it gully, y'all. And we keep it what one hundred. That's what's up. Go y'all. write some good scripts so I can see some good movies, people. Yeah. Peace. Yeah, man, I got
1: something to get off
0: my chest. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the room. Tons won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it, and anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the rillers, and no,
1: ain't no stopping.
0: No. Any topic, even the random. I random. hope that you ready. We entering in the zone soon. We only grow shit. Welcome to the ramble.
1: That's it. That's all I got to say.